The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball. Happy Saturday, everybody. Finally, the weekend is here, and we can relax and watch some baseball. I'm your host, Daniel Port, here filling in for Chad Young. We've got a ton of baseball action to cover. We're going to just jump right into things here, starting with the news and notes from the day. So the Arizona Diamondbacks announced that Tyler Gilbert was placed on the 15-day injured list retroactive to July 27th due to a left elbow sprain. The Boston Red Sox announced that Trevor Story will get a second opinion on his hand injury in the next upcoming days, according to Alex Spire of the Boston Globe. Rich Hill hopes to make his next start on Tuesday, coming off of the 15-day injured list against the Astros, according to Julian McWilliams of the Boston Globe, and Matt Barnes retired all three batters he faced, including two by strikeout in an inning for AA Portland on Thursday. The Chicago White Sox stated that Luis Robert could return to the lineup on Monday at the soonest against the Royals, according to manager Tony La Russa, as reported by James Fagan of The Athletic. The Houston Astros announced that Lance McCullers Jr. is scheduled to make his next rehab assignment Tuesday with AAA Sugarland, according to Danielle Lerner of the Houston Chronicle. Kansas City Royals listed Bobby Witt Jr. as day-to-day. He wasn't in Friday's lineup, according to manager Mike Matheny, who's optimistic that Witt could return to the lineup sometime this weekend, but isn't sure when yet, according to Joel Goldberg of Valley Sports Kansas City. Jonathan Heasley will be activated from the 15-day injured list to start Saturday against the Yankees. That's today. Lynn Worthy of the Kansas City Star reports. And Daniel Lynch struck out six over four innings and allowed one earned run and two hits and no walks in his rehab start Tuesday with AAA Omaha. The Los Angeles Dodgers listed Justin Turner as day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. The Miami Marlins placed Trevor Rogers on the 15-day injured list with an undisclosed injury as well. The Milwaukee Brewers announced that Freddie Peralta gave up one run on three hits and zero walks while striking out five and touching 96 miles per hour with his fastball Friday for AAA Nashville, according to Sounds announcer Jeff Hem. Minnesota Twins listed Max Kepler as day-to-day with a toe injury. He did not play on Friday. We'll have to see his status here today on Saturday. And Gio Urshela went on paternity leave on Friday as well. The New York Mets let us know that Dominic Smith could begin a rehab assignment during the road trip that the Mets are currently on that lasts through Wednesday. According to Tim Britton of The Athletic, Tyler McGill will likely work out of the bullpen once he's activated. He's currently working off of the 60-day injured list to try and come back from a shoulder injury. James McCann is expected to be activated Thursday against Atlanta for the New York Mets as he attempts to come back from an oblique injury, also according to Tim Britton of The Athletic. And the New York Yankees, according to manager Aaron Boone, he said Friday Luis Severino may be able to start throwing on Monday, according to Max Good 
Goodman of SportsIllustrated.com. The San Diego Padres listed C.J. Abrams as day-to-day with a bicep injury. He didn't play on Friday. Again, we'll have to monitor his status for today. Mackenzie Gore, who recently went on the 15-day injured list, had an MRI on his elbow which revealed no structural damage and the expectations that he'll be shut down for two weeks before beginning a throwing program, according to A.J. Casavell of MLB.com. The San Francisco Giants uh, notified us that Brandon Crawford is nearly pain-free and could be close to starting a rehab assignment, according to Sonia Chen of MLB.com. For the St. Louis Cardinals, Juan Yepes is expected to miss at least another week with a forearm injury, according to Katie Wu of The Athletic. Harrison Bader, with a foot injury, will be in a walking boot for one to two weeks, also according to Katie Wu. And Yadier Molina won't appear in a rehab game at AAA Memphis on Friday after he was hit by a pitch in his left hand on Thursday. This is reported by John Benton of MLB.com. For the Rangers, they listed Corey Seager as day-to-day. He wasn't in Friday's lineup against the Angels. He's officially listed as day-to-day with a right leg contusion according to Kennedy Landry of MLB.com. The Toronto Blue Jays, Alex Manoa, left Friday's game against the Tigers with a right elbow contusion. He is currently listed as day-to-day. Bo Bichette was also listed as day-to-day. He did not play on Friday versus the Tigers. He left due to uh, shoulder soreness, according to Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet.ca. And then George Springer was also out of the lineup for Friday's game with an elbow injury. That is all of the news and notes. Thankfully, a little brief. Now let's talk about some hitters that really caught my eye here on this beautiful Friday full of baseball. So first off, for the Reds, Joey Votto went one for four with a home run, two RBIs, and a run scored. Really, I don't know what to make of Joey Votto right now. In July, he's barreling the ball at a fantastic 13.9% rate. And when he squares up the ball, his six barrels on the month win an average distance of 376 feet. He's got two home runs off of those six barrels and a ground rule double. It's really the other 86.1% of the time doesn't make any sense. It's the problem. On his other 31 batted ball events that he's hit over the month, he averages 85 miles per hour on his exit velocity and 6.8 degrees on his launch angle with a 61% ground ball rate. It's feast or famine right now for Votto. And obviously, while I have some hope that at some point this season, he'll end up somewhere in between the feast and famine. I'm going to need to see it, though, before I recommend picking up, even uh, though he hit this home run today. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo went two for five with three RBIs and two runs scored with a home run. Speaking of feast and famine, the same has been true for Brandon Nimmo as he's hit just 206 over his last 15 games, but he seems to be pulling himself out of that mini slump a bit as he has seven hits in his last eight games and he still managed to score 12 runs over that 15 game period. I've said it practically every episode I do here for the First Pitch Podcast, but if you need runs or in points leagues, Nimmo carries a ton of value simply by playing every single day as the leadoff hitter for an offense as good as the Mets. He's still widely available. Go pick him up. For the Marlins, Miguel Rojas went two for three with three RBIs and a walk and double. Rojas has struggled most of the season, but finally seems to be getting it going as he's hit 308 with a 357 OBP and a 780 OPS over his last seven games with three doubles. He's hit for a high average before in previous seasons, so there is some track record that he could keep this up, and it is within his skill set. If you need help at shortstop or in the average department, he could certainly be worth a look there. For the Phillies, Al- Alec Baum went two for five. He is absolutely on fire right now. He's hit 365 over his last 30 games, including 444 over his last 15 games. There's likely only really average there. He's not going to produce a lot of power for you. He's mostly hitting the back end of that batting order too, so not a lot of runs or RBIs, but he did get bumped up to third in that lineup for today's game. So if that's a trend that continues in that really talented Phillies lineup, he's a must a roster player. For the Pirates, Kevin Newman went three for five with a run scored. Uh, Newman's been one of the few bright spots for the weak Pirates lineup right now uh, since he's come back from injury. He's hitting 300 with a 354 OBP and an 804 OPS over his last 15 games. He's leading off for the Pirates, and while it is a bad offense, it still means a lot of at-bats a lot of opportunities he'll still score some runs just by the opportunity if you need help in your infield or need someone to contribute for some average or a run scored he could definitely be worth looking into picking up 
For the Cardinals, Nolan Gorman went one for four with a home run, uh, a run scored in two RBIs. From a power perspective, things have really started to come around for Gorman. He's hit three home runs in his last seven games, including back-to-back games with home runs. While the average hasn't come around, he's barreled the ball at a 17.8% rate over his last 15 games. That's an incredible rate. He keeps that up uh, while still hitting the ball in the air a ton at 69.2% rate over that time period and pulling the ball at a 41.7% rate. That's going to keep knocking balls out of the park. So if you need power, while well, it'll probably hurt you an average in the meantime, definitely look into picking up Nolan Gorman. For the Guardians, Stephen Kwan went three for five with two runs scored and a stolen base. That's his eighth stolen base of the season. Kwan has been an on-base machine leading off for the Guardians over the past 15 games. He's hitting 373 with a 400 OBP and 478 slug over that time period for an 878 OPS. He's got a home run. He's got four doubles, 14 runs scored over those 15 games and three stolen bases. Kwan is wildly available in leagues. If you need average stolen bases, runs scored, or if you play in an OBP or points league, you should be sprinting to the waiver wire to go pick him up. He is just absolutely on fire right now. For the Athletics, Seth Brown went two for four with two home runs, two RBIs, and two runs scored. There hasn't been too many hotter hitters in baseball lately from a power perspective as Brown has hit four home runs over his last seven games. That's hit 286 over his last 15 games. This gives him up to 14 home runs on the season. If you're desperate for home runs or you really need power, I could see the pickup, but they're all most likely going to be solo shots for the most part. He's I don't know if it's worth the risk to your other categories, but he does like to hit home runs in bunches, so I could definitely see picking him up just to get him in while he's still on this hot streak. For the Dodgers, Trace Thompson went two for five with a run scored and two RBIs. Thompson has hit 348 with two home runs and six RBIs over his last seven games. He's playing in Coors right now. I said the same thing on Tuesday when I last talked about Thompson, that we've seen him get on hot stretches before in his uh, career, but it's one of those Icarus flew too close to the sun things and all always eventually falls apart. If you want to ride this one out, I definitely, I, I think you could. There is some hope in his stack cast numbers right now. He's got a 14.8% barrel rate and a big jump in his overall exit velocity to a fantastic 91.6 miles per hour. But the hard part is it's a really small sample, so we don't know if that's stabilized or if that's what he's going to be doing for the rest of the season. Right now, I tend to lean to think it is one of those hot streaks. So pick him up, but be ready to jump off if you need to. Randall Grichik for the Rockies went two for four with a triple, a run scored in three three RBIs. Grichik has been hitting pretty well over his last seven games, hitting 304 with an 842 OPS, but with only one double and no home runs over that time period and then the triple today, he might really only contribute an average right now. And given that all the stack has numbers are career lows, I'm inclined to say that this recent surge of hitting is either luck or random chance. I would not be rushing out to pick up Randall Grichik. For the Rangers, Jonah Heim went one for four with a double and a run scored and an RBI. Heim has been great over his last 15 games. He's at 280 with a 777 OPS and 10 runs scored. You're not going to get a ton more than average, maybe a little bit of power, most likely, but at catcher, you take what you can get in terms of positive contribution. So if you need it, go grab it for sure. For the Angels, Luis Rengifo went two for four with a run scored and an RBI. Rengifo's been great this season. He's hitting 339 over his last 30 games. He's batting third right now in the Angels lineup as they're missing Mike Trout and he's hitting wherever they can get it. He has Shohei Otani hitting in front of him. You won't get much outside of average, maybe a few stolen bases, and if he keeps hitting in that spot, obviously some RBI potential. But if you need help in those areas or you need a, a second baseman right now, he's widely available. He's absolutely on fire right now, but don't expect it to last as he's never really hit like this in his career. And I don't see any changes in his stack cast numbers or his underlying stats at all. Uh, definitely feel free to ride the hot streak while it lasts, but don't get too uh, committed to it. For the Padres, Luke Voigt went two for four with two runs scored, three RBIs, a home run, and a double. Voigt's been heating up over his last seven games. He's hitting 292 with a 400 OBP and a 492 OPS with a home run and seven RBIs. Uh, Voigt's been up and down all season long, going from hot streak to cold streak and back and forth. It could be worth scooping him up if you need the power or help at first base. There's definitely nothing else worth stashing in case he is getting back on that hot streak as he also tends to hit home runs in bunches. Eric Hosmer for the Padres went one for three with a home run. 
an RBI and two runs scored. Hosmer has also been red hot for a while. He's hitting 302, the 393 OVP and an 846 OPS over his last 15 games with two home runs in that time period. There's not a lot in the underlying stats though that support this streak lasting long term. He's a 249 uh, expected batting average with an 86.2 mile per hour exit velocity with a 1.6 degree launch angle over that 15 game period. So I can't imagine this continues. Also for the Padres, Jorge Alfaro went one for four with a home run, three RBIs and a run scored. And he's getting the same problem. He's very much a guy who the X batting average a little better at 294 but still only an 88.5 mile per hour exit velocity and a 1.2 degree launch angle so while he's been hitting really well lately i just i don't see it lasting especially from a power perspective but again it's a catcher i do time better that between the two though for the cubs pete wisdom went two for three with uh, a double and a home run one rbi and two runs scored wisdom hitting 292 with a 393 obp and a 1.101 ops with two home runs over his last seven games he's a very streaky hitter and this could be a sign he's getting back into a groove after struggling for most of july so i'm not picking him up quite yet because because obviously, much like Seth Brown, uh, he could be a real average killer. But I'm definitely checking his output every single day. If you're in an OBP league or a points league, though, also, I would definitely be picking up Pete Wisdom if he's getting on a hot streak here. For the Giants, Wilmer Flores went 3 for 5 with a double and a home run, two RBIs and a run scored. This is like clockwork. Wilmer Flores plays for a season, and we get a 110 WRC+. plus or better season from Wilmer Flores. He's done it every season since 2019 with moderate power and pretty good all-around production. His fly ball percentage, his pull percentage, his launch angle, his barrel rate, and ISO are all at career highs, which indicate he could probably pretty easily hit the, the five more home runs he would need to get above his career high of 18 home runs. He's still available in some leagues. He's got some positional flexibility too. He's hitting in the three hole right now for the Giants. If he is available still and he's out there, go pick him up. Do not hesitate. You'll be very happy with the all-around production he has. Brandon Belt for the Giants also went two for four with a walk. He's hitting 327 with a 377 OBP and an 887 OPS with two home runs in his last 15 games. He's hitting right behind Flores at the number four spot in the Giants lineup. I'm not quite sprinting out to pick him up right away yet unless I'm in like an OBP or a points league because he's so good at getting on base. But I'm definitely watching him in all leagues to see if Belt starts getting back into that flow that he had going for the last two seasons where he's been an excellent producer. So keep an eye on Brandon Belt. Those are some hitters that caught my eye. Now it's time to talk pitching. So sticking with the Giants, Alex Cobb went six innings pitched with giving up one earned run, uh, three hits and a walk with 11 strikeouts. That's a fantastic line, obviously. And he's actually been fantastic over his last seven starts overall. He's done 40.1 innings pitched with a 2.45 ERA, a 1.09 whip and 36 strikeouts over that time period. And the biggest change in his performance has been he's just stopped giving up home runs. He dropped his 17.9% home run per fly ball rate to an absolutely fantastic 4.8%. Over that time period, he's averaged a negative 1.2 degree launch angle and given up just a 3.3% uh, barrel rate. Those numbers will always lead to good results. Now, obviously, he won't be able to sustain that level of success, but there are some changes he's made. He made a major increase in his changeup usage, and it does lead me to believe that he may have found something that could lead to more success if he continues that changeup usage and relying a little less on his other pitches. He gets the Dodgers next, so obviously I'm not going to start him in that start, but he's definitely at the top of my streamers list when I see the right matchups to pick up. For the Cubs, Marcus Stroman went six innings pitched with zero earned runs, giving up just eight hits, a walk, and three strikeouts. After missing most of June due to injury, Marcus Stroman has come back with a vengeance over his last four starts, he's had a 0.89 ERA with a 1.08 whip. He's been fantastic in July. And those teams he faced in those four starts, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Giants. So no cakewalk offenses he faced there over that time period. And it's really hard not to be encouraged by that. If nothing else, it tells me that he's finally healthy this year. In his next start, he gets the scuffling St. Louis offense, who's ranked uh, 25th in runs scored throughout July. So I'm definitely picking Stroman up for that start. And we'll probably even hold on to him beyond that if he pitches well in that start. So definitely go get Marcus Stroman if he's available. For the Royals, Chris Bubik went six innings pitched with three earned runs given up, four hits over 
overall, six strikeouts and two walks. He did give up two home runs in this game, which is a little troubling, but he's been on a wild run. He's had quality starts in his last three outings, all while facing Toronto, Tampa Bay, and the Yankees. He struck out 14 over that time period and 20 innings pitched. And looking at what he's doing, the biggest change I can see that he's made over the last three starts is he's obviously cut way down on his walk percent down from 13.2% to 6.4%. He also increases O-swing percent 5% overall, and he's gotten his swing strike rate over 10%. He cut way, way back on his fastball usage and relied more on using his curveball, which does a great job of generating ground balls, which we can see reflected in a big increase in ground ball percent overall. And his changeup, he's been using a lot more, which boasts a 13.7 swing strike rate. He gets the White Sox next, and while I, I'm probably not starting him there, if he does all right, I'm definitely looking to add him to my list of go-to streamers for sure. For the Pirates, Jose Quintana went 5.2 innings pitched, giving up zero earned runs, walking two, giving up four hits and four strikeouts. The Quintana Revival Tour continues, and he did this against a killer Phillies offense. He has a 3.23 ERA in his last seven starts, and I have to admit... I'm finally buying into what he's doing. If you compare this year's underlying numbers to his last really good season in 2016, they are virtually identical in many ways, while actually improving in a big way on several numbers, including upping his swing strike rate in the double digits and getting his F strike percentage back into the 60% range for the first time in years. He's throwing his changeup way more and his fastball way less. And while his changeup isn't great and it has not gotten great results, it seems to have allowed the fastball to flourish. Once again, racking up 5.7 P-Val already on the season and his curveballs really started to shine as well. Again, racking up 5.5 P-Val. He does get Philly next again, and you always are nervous starting pitchers when they face the same team twice in a row. Now that could change though, because it's rumored that he's likely going to be uh, traded to a contender at some point here in the next couple days. Hang on. Let's see where he ends up. I think it might be worth adding a preemptive add to your roster if you want to, to see where he ends up in case he does end up in a really good situation. I think that would make a lot of sense. For the Rays, Jeffrey Springs went five innings pitched, giving up three earned runs with six hits and five strikeouts. His big issue since coming back from injury, he's not been great since coming back, is he's allowed far too many base runners. He has a 1.65 whip in his three starts and coming back. Until that changes, I am out on Springs. For the Athletics, James Capriello went six innings pitched with one earned run given up. He only gave four hits, had one walk, and struck out four. Uh, since June 9th, uh, Caprellian's been pretty solid, if not great, in a lot of starts. With a 3.42 ERA uh, since June 9th, he's only had a 1.23 whip over that period. Uh, the big change was cutting way down on his home runs and generating way more ground balls. For a guy who does get a lot of strikeouts, that is key to his success. I don't see any real change in his pitch mix that explains the new success, but he did slightly increase his first pitch strike percent and his O-swing percent while throwing it inside the zone much, much less often. Uh, I'd be careful picking him up or streaming him really look at the matchups there but he does get the troutless angels next so i'd probably start him there if i needed a streamer bad enough in that start for the White Sox, Lance Lynn went 5.2 innings pitched, giving up five runs, four of them earned. He didn't walk anyone, but he gave up six hits. He struck out eight, but he gave up three home runs. That is terrible. And I really thought Lance Lynn was turning the corner here after his last start was pretty great, but I was absolutely wrong. This is the last drop for me. I'm out on Lynn until I really can see him spend an offseason getting his legs back under him, getting right, and getting healthy. For the Twins, Joe Ryan went 4.2 innings pitched, giving up 10 earned runs, including five home runs, giving up eight hits two walks, and seven strikeouts. Yikes. This is bad. Um, and while this likely killed you this week, outside of the start, Joe Ryan's been really good before this, as he hasn't given up more than two earned runs in a start in July. I'm probably still starting him against Detroit, who he gets next. I understand if you want to sit him to get him get another good one under his belt, or see if he's hurt or not pitching well. But if someone drops him after this start, or if he's out there, I'm definitely going to stash him, and I'm still probably starting him in Detroit. For the Padres, Blake Snell went six innings pitched, with one earned run, he struck out seven, walked just one, gave up just four hits. Pretty much every year, this is what Blake Snell does. He struggles mightily in the first half, and then he comes out and absolutely dominates in the second half. He abandons his changeup, and that's what he's been doing so far in this second half. He increases his curveball usage. Again, that's what he's done this year as well. And it works out for him every single year. It's wild. If you held on to this long, enjoy. If someone dropped him or moved on from him in frustration, go pick him up before it's too late. But it's just nice to see Blake Snell succeeding again. Those are the pitchers that caught my eye uh, that I want to talk about today. Now... Before we move on to things that I'm looking forward to here on this beautiful Saturday, let's take a real quick break here. 
Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show Awesome. Welcome back. Now, one last thing here. Let's actually check in with Mark Paquette for the weather for today. Thank you very much. Well, looking at today's schedule, we should be pretty good to go. We have a pretty dry weather pattern, especially across the northern part of the country and across the southern part of the country. Well, most of these games are played indoors anyways. And um, anyway, so long story short, go ahead and play anyone you want to tomorrow. We shouldn't have any postponement issues. Thanks, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Mark. Okay, so now let's talk about baseball today. What are some things I'm looking forward to today? So first off, Corey Kluber, he is pitching today for the Rays against the Guardians. So he's going up against his old team. There's already been so much talk and hype about it on both the broadcasts for these teams. Really fun throwback game. Dean Kramer for the Orioles is going up against Tyler Molly for the Reds. That's a fun matchup. I didn't think I'd ever say that that was a fun matchup before the season started, but I'm really looking forward to it. Joe Musgrove is facing Sonny Gray in a game that could be really essential. The Twins are free-falling right now, and they only are holding on to the division lead in the AL Central by one game. The Padres are really surging right now, so that could be a really critical game in how the rest of the season starts to shape up heading out from here. Johnny Cueto's pitching for the White Sox tomorrow. I just like watching Johnny Cueto pitch. Crafty veterans who find different ways to still be good later in their careers is something I find fascinating, so I'm definitely going to be watching Johnny Cueto pitch today. For some hitters that I'm streaming today, any Dodgers guys I can get my hands on, think like Trace Thompson, as we'll talk about him earlier. I'm going to be starting him in Coors against Kyle Freeland if I need a streamer. Also, I like any of the Giants against Drew Smiley. I mentioned Brandon Belt. I mentioned Wilmer Flores. Any of those guys you can pick up, I, I like them against Drew Smiley for the Cubs. For pitchers to stream, I like Dean Kramer against the Reds. Kramer's kind of struggled recently, but I think that's a good matchup for him. I like Carlos Carrasco against the Marlins, who have also struggled offensively lately. The, I like Ranger Suarez against the Pirates. Obviously, the Pirates aren't a very good offense. I think Ranger Suarez could do really good in that, in that matchup. And finally, Jacob Junis for the Giants against the Cubs. He looked really nice in his last start out, and I think that he could really do again here against the Cubs. So that's what I got for you today. Thank you so much. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Go watch some baseball. Heck, if you got the chance, go out and go see some baseball. Maybe we can get you in a stadium or so. And until then, we'll see you tomorrow morning with the next First Pitch Podcast. Thank you so much. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at PitcherList. And help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.